We are holding, we're holding the second chapter of Sherish Mitzvah Tefila. Yesterday we discussed the idea of Yichudim, right? What is a Yichud, right? We discussed the Yichud of Ava, we discussed the Yichud of Zun. And that's what we spent time doing yesterday. And now we can move on from there. So he says like this, let's start again from the beginning of the, of the chapter, chapter base. To understand a little bit of the concept of davening. It's known in the Priyetzchayim. The difference between Krishman and Tfila is Okay, that's where we got up to yesterday. Now, obviously, when we're looking at these two Yehudim, we're talking about Abba Ve'ema, which is Chachman Bina, in contrast to Zo and Nukva, which is the Midos and Malchus, we obviously know that Abba and Ema, Chachman Bina, are on a higher level. So what strikes a person, <coughs> excuse me, when they look from here, from this vantage point, right, you would assume that since we know the davening is a constant, uh, like it's like a ladder that a person is climbing up. So you would imagine that where are the different Yehudim happening? You would imagine that Dafka during Krishma, which is on a, so to speak, lower level than Shemona Esrei, you would think that that's where the Yehud of, of Zun is taking place. And then you would think, right, from a regular vantage point, that the Yichud of Ava is taking place in Atzilus, or in the, in, uh, whatchamacallit, in Krishma. So that's, that's when you look at this. So the question comes up, why, why is it the other way around? So he says like this, <laughs> Since the Yichud of Ava is on a much higher level, so you could see that the mitzvah of Krishna is even on a greater level than Shmona Esrei, apparently. Right? Okay, so this is referring to, we know that uh, it's not so relevant for us nowadays, but back in the day, during the times of Tanayim, Right, it talks about certain tanaim that they were constantly in a state of learning Taira all day long. And so therefore, they did not even stop to daven. As strange as that may sound to us. What they did do, however, was that regardless of whether they were going to daven or not, they all said Krishma. So this indicates to us that Krishma apparently is a higher level than Shimon Esrei. Because if Shimon Esrei would be a higher level, then presumably all these people, all these Tanaim, that wasn't so many of them, but the Tanaim that were on that level, what he calls here the level of Tairasa Umnaso, their Torah was their whole profession, that was their life. They should have been Chayev in Shimon Esrei, not in Krishma, but yet we see that's the other way around. So that indicates to us that. There's something about Krishna. However, we also know that there is a tremendous Maila in Shmona Esrei, which is Dafka with, in a state of standing. And we've learned already before in the last Maila when we were discussing it, 
that the whole idea of standing is the idea of bittel. That's the concept, right? So we see that we're on such a state of bittel, because why are we in such a state of bittel? Because at the end of the day, during Shemona Esrei, we've reached up to the level of Atzilus. Right? And therefore, it's hard to say that Krishma is higher than, than Shemona Esrei. Because Shemona Esrei, we're Dafka in a state of standing, in a state of Bittl, right? And we're, in the, we're in the world of Atzilus. So, you know, that's what we're talking about. Masha Enkin Krishma, which is not the case of Krishma. Shehimi Yushuf. At Krishma is Dafka sitting. And according to Kabbalah, we Dafka are supposed to sit during Krishna, right? Right? That is the idea, which is the idea of sitting in comparison to standing is on a lower level because it's on the level of more of a yesh or a metzias. Just like we say that in the world of Bria, there's the concept of yesh, Masha Enkin, which is not the case in Atzilus. Atzilus is the case of no yesh. Yeah. Krishna is in Yechud, which is higher than Atzilus. What? The whole thing we're talking about is it's a yichud, right? But the yichud here is in the world of Bria. Okay. Right? So he says, because this is all, all still in Bria. Right? So what's the answer to this? The answer to this is, like we say here, so the answer, why is it that it's Dafka that we're doing Yichud of Ava in, in Kriyashma, which is in Bria? Masha Enkein. In Atzilus, we're only doing the Yichud of Zun. And the answer is because we don't have the Kayach. We do not have the capability to be able to cause there to be a Yichud of Ava in Atzilus. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, only when we are in the world of Bria. When we're in the world of Bria, that's when we're capable of doing this. That's the only time that we're capable. Are you with me? You're following? That's the time when we're capable of, of, of making it happen, so to speak. Right? So therefore, now we have an answer. In the world of Bria, where we have a certain power to ourselves, we have more of a we have more of the capability because it's on a lower level. That's where it's shayach that we should be able to cause there to be this yichud that we were talking about yesterday, the yichud of Ava. Masha Enkin in the world of Atzilus, right, which we are not really shayach to, right. There we're only able to do the yichud of Zun. And like it says, that Bria is from the language of Moshevoseichem, your dwelling. Like the Perush of, it's a very famous, uh, it's a mimer from the, from the Maggid of Mezrich, that it says, and the Pasuk, from your dwelling places, you will bring Lechem to be, Lechem, right, to be Tnufa, to be waved. This is referring to Moshevoseichem is the world of Bria, because we're still in a state of sitting. Tavi, we will bring Lechem, which is the idea of Seichel, right, to be waved. That's in, you know, making the Yuchud of, the Yuchud of, of, um, of Ava. Now, one of the things that, Mash, that uh, Mashbim explained, why is it that we have the strength to be able to, to make the Yuchud of 
Ava, Abba Ve'ema, Chachma Mabina in Bria. And it brings a very famous marshal. This marshal is, is brought many times in Hasidis. It's called the Tzipur Midaberis. Anyone ever heard of that marshal? The marshal is, what's Tzipur Midaberis mean? A bird that talks. Now, when people see another person talking, they don't see it as much of a chiddush. However, when you go to Parrot Jungle or one of these other theme parks in Miami, right? Everyone's ready to spend plenty of money to go and listen to, uh, 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 you know, a macaw, right? Speak or a parrot come along and speak and say, "Oh, Polly wants a cracker and whatever." And everyone thinks it's such a big chiddush. They're ready to spend, you know, $10, $20. Now probably it's much more expensive. Back in the days, it was like $3 to get in. Now it's probably like $25 to get into a place like this, right? The point being what? The point being that there's a chiddush here. Hearing a person speak is not a chiddush. You hear people speaking all day long. So therefore, it's not like something like unusual. It's dafka when you hear a bird speaking, oh, that's something unusual. That gives a person a certain level of tainug. Because, wow, do you, you hear that bird? Same thing here. When we're in the level of Bria, where we're still on the level of Yesh, right? That's where, when we mevatel ourselves, that we cause ourselves to be bitul. So that's a chidish upstairs. When you're in the world of Atzilus, Right? So what do you expect? In other words, let's change it. Let's change the words a little bit to words that we can understand. When you're in vacation on a, shab- on a weekend off and you go wherever you want to go and nevertheless, every single day you do chitas and rambam and you're, and you're waking up for davening, you're waking up for chassidus before davening. So that's a big chiddish. Masha'enkein, let's say that you're standing in front of the Rebbe in 770. Like, let's go back Everyone was, let's say everyone was in yeshiva 35 years ago and where, where the yeshiva used to go in on Shabbos to, to, to you know, Crown Heights and we had our own apartments there and, we, and everyone would be going, you know, piling into the cars or whatever, getting, you know, going to Crown Heights. Right? And, and you're standing there in front of the Rebbe. In front of the Rebbe, you're deciding that you're going to daven. Uh, no, duh. Like, what, what do you expect? Are you expecting that I shouldn't daven in front of the Rebbe? Like, what, what, what's the question? There, you're in a state of bittal. When you go into Yechidis, when a person would have gone into Yechidis, a personal meeting with the Rebbe, and then you behave like in the most special, and most, uh, you know, Yerushimayim take away. Uh, what do you expect? Let's see how well you do in Yerushimayim when you're going away to uh, wherever, Timbuktu for the weekend. That's, that's what we want to look. That's the Chidish. That's what Hashem is looking for. Hashem is looking for not just when you're standing in 770, but when you're in Timbuktu. When you're in Timbuktu, and apparently no one is watching, although there's always someone watching, right? So you guys are lucky. When I grew up, right, the famous Pirkei and I always sees, it was a little bit of a hard uh, concept to, uh, you know, to, I don't know if you can say visualize, but like to live with. Nowadays, it's literally that way. Literally everywhere you go, there are cameras. Literally, I mean, eh, like my son, my son sent on the, on the, uh, on our chat, our family chat the other day, you never know who's watching. Like, they took a picture of me talking to someone in 770. Someone, t- I have no idea who took the picture. I was sitting there talking, and I went like that, and, and, and this picture out of nowhere shows up on my chat. And he said, you never, you, 
the point is that people are always watching. Then they're taking pictures, and now we have all these cameras everywhere. I think in, in like in places like London, right or Moscow, you can't walk down the street. Every every single inch of the whole city is 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 under uh, surveillance, right? Like uh, you know, we used to read in 1984 when we were in, you know back in the 70s when we were reading 1984. We thought. Like, well, you know, that's like such a weird concept, you know. But, uh, but the point is that this is, this is what it is, for the good or for the bad. I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not making a political discussion about whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying the metzias of what's going on. All right? So, so the point is that when you're in Timbuktu, this is a chiddish. This is a chiddish. Right? So this is, this is the idea that he's saying here. Okay, now, that was... The beginning of, like I told you before, all the Maimarim and Derech Mitzvah have a certain style. They start with Nigla. They talk about a halachic discussion. They bring in some Kabbalah. And then we get into a whole discussion on Hasidus. So we're still a little bit in the Kabbalah section, but now we're going to bring a couple of warnings. And we're going to call them, in, in Hebrew, they're called Hafshata. Hafshata literally means to undress oneself, right? So we have to... Uh, we have to bring a couple of warnings that are discussed in Kabbalah in order to, to continue with this discussion. Okay? Okay, here goes the first one. It says like this. Before I could explain the concept of the Yichud of Zun, Mahu, what is it? We have to first preface it, Ha'ara Echad. First Ha'ara. First uh, point. Like a... Uh, uh, Concept that needs to be brought out. Lahafshit hadivarim migashmi yosam. The first point is what we're going to say is we have to undress all the things that we're talking about from their physicality. Now, what he's going to be aiming at is really on the second page. Okay. However, he's going to bring something in passing that he says that is so obvious that I don't have to even bring it. Now, let me tell you outside what he's going to bring. And then we're going to get to, uh, we'll see it inside. Essentially where he's going with this is on the next page, he's going to try, he's going to explain to us that there are mekubalim, right, I'm giving you coming attractions here, but it'll be easier to understand if you have a little bit of a coming attraction. There are mekubalim that when they look at certain names of Hashem, they specifically connect it to certain Spheros, which in fact is true to a certain extent. There are certain names of Hashem, like for example, the Shem Kale is associated with Chesed. The Shem Elohim is associated with Gevura, for example. And we're going to see much more of that in the next page, right? However, what the Rebbe wants to bring out is that don't think that they are the Sphira itself. That's where he's going with it. Now, don't think when we mention name of God, for instance, Kale or Elohim, it's referring to the Sphira in Atzilus. It's referring to God. So how does it work? We're going to see that later on. But before he gets there, David, you have to wash if you're going to, uh, if you're going to do that. If you're going to dip, you've got to wash like that. Okay? So don't dip. Unless you wash. Oh, you, you went like this? I'm saying, like, you have to wash, like, a, like for, for, like, you're eating bread. Okay? So, anyway, so the point is like this. wash your hands like bread. 
Right. But we'll, let's, we'll talk about the halakha ramification. I just wanted to stop you from doing that. Okay, anyway. So the point being, the point being what? The point being that, that, where was I? Okay. Okay, that's where we're going with this. But before we even get there, what he wants to bring out here is going to be throughout Chumash, throughout Tanakh, it talks about the hand of Hashem, the head of Hashem, the body parts of Hashem. The, it's obvious, he, doesn't, he says, I don't even have to mention it, that obviously there is no such thing as a hand of Hashem, there is a head of Hashem. In terms of what? In terms of a physical thing. This is not even necessary to speak about, but I'm going to speak about it anyway. So the question is going to be, so then why do we call the hand of Hashem, the head of Hashem, the heart of Hashem, whatever these things are? Okay, that's the eyes of Hashem. Okay, so let's see it inside. It says like this. Besides for the hafshata, the undressing, that is known, the call to everyone. Shekol ma that everything that the Kabbalists spoke about, and they made reference to Hashem, with like physical kinuim, physical like nicknames or names or, or titles, basically that you want to say, Kamo, like for example, right, that we, throughout Tanakh, we're talking about the head of Hashem, the arm of Hashem, Yad Rama, you know, like all these things, right? These are these are constantly using, making reference to that. Vidomehem and similar things like that. Hakol Marshal Vimalitsa. It's all just a mushal. The Mikra Male Kasiv. Malitsa is like a like a it literally means a riddle. Mushal and a, a Malitsa, they go together. They're different types of forms of using words to and capture a concept in a physical way, or in a way that will be able to bring out a point, right? Like it says in the beginning, the Idiraba, right here, is a part of the Zayar. It's a part of the Zayar where Rabbi Shimon brings together all of his students, and he begins by, he was going to explain to them uh, something very deep in Kabbalah. And over there, he starts by saying, Cursed is the one who will bring any, you know, uh, idea of tmuna, a picture or whatever, physical idea to the concepts I'm about to explain to you, right? So, the point being, like he says, uh, he says, uh, right, like he says, kilora isim kol tmuna, right, that you wouldn't see, that you shouldn't see any picture, like in other words, it's not, a, there's nothing used to be a picture of Hashem, there's no arms of Hashem, there's no head of Hashem, there's no, like don't, you have to, you have to remove that whole concept from your whole way of thinking. They are which are known by this name. What does that mean? Okay. First point. He's going to bring two points here. So you can put a number one over Lefi. The first point that he's bringing is that they are a makor to ma- of a makor. They're actually a makor for these things. Which means like this. Um, the Shlach Kaidish says that we look at this world as being the truth and the upper world as being like hinted at in this world. 
But really, the point is the opposite, the Shlokari says. Really, the upper worlds are the emes, and they get expressed down in this world in a physical way. So, give you an example. Baruch Hashem, I have a hand. But we have also the concept of a, an, or an arm or a handle of, for example, of a mug. It's, it's also called a hand. It's not the same thing, but it's the same concept. And then you could have a concept more of a spiritual way, like we'd say it in Hebrew, it doesn't really work out so much in English, that the, uh, the, the job was done al-yado. What's al-yado mean, Yosef? What? what is it, how would you translate that in English? You're saying he did, like, like what? Through him. Right, through him. Through his, through, no, but it doesn't even mean his hand. It just means through him. In other words, he's, be, he's being used, so to speak, to accomplish whatever the, whatever the mission was, whatever it was. So in other words, we have the same word, but it's used in three different ways. Right? So you have the idea of the hand being a hand. You have the idea of the hand being a handle of a mug. You have the hand being the hand of, through him, the mission was accomplished. Right? In other words, so which is the emis, which is not the... the so what the Shlach says, the emis is what it started off in, the, in Lamaila, in the spiritual world. And then, as it goes down into this world, right, as it goes down into this world, right, so then what happens is, is that it gets physicalized. I don't think that's a real word, but you know what I mean. Right? But it's the same concept. It's the same thing. So the M is, however, is the hand above. But it came down, it's manifest, that's a good word, manifests as a physical hand in Eilam Hazem. That's point one. Point two, Vagam. Put a number two on your books. Vagam. The second point is that the mohus of the Inyan, the way it is above in the spiritual world, it affects, it causes a certain thing to happen like what would happen in this world through this hand. Come on. So for example, what is the purpose of a hand down here in this world? To give something to someone else, for example. So therefore, you would use the same concept in the upper worlds. Oh, likach mimenu. Or to take something back from someone, to take something from someone. Kamokein lamayla, similarly above. Vilchines kayach hachesed lahashpia ma'ayro yizbarach lahanivrayim. Nikra drayimina. So for example, the idea of chesed, right? We say it every Friday in, in Pasach Eliyahu, right? That the idea of chesed, doing chesed with the right hand, right? Or the is called the, the right hand. So when Hashem gives to the world, gives to the creations in this world, we would say it as in terms of droya yamina, the right hand. Because it's an idea of giving. Concept? Yeah, you got it? So the first way is the idea of, for example, let's say something sweet. You could have something sweet in this world. You could have a physical apple, which is sweet. You could have a nigun, right? We could say a, a, this song is very, it's like a sweet, it gives you a sweet taste, it's so sweet. Or this personality is like a, a sweet personality. 
you have all of these words that are using the same concept, but they're but that one is a one is a mocker. So the first point that we brought is that the true source of it is in the upper worlds. And it's manifest down here in this world. That's the, that's the that's the uh, that's the first point. The second point is that the way of conduct that you actually see in the upper worlds is expressed in the lower worlds through this physical limb. Got it? Let's go to the next page. Two hundred, right? <clears throat> and also you have the same idea in all the different kinuyim. Okay, so that is the first hafshata. He's saying that hafshata is not even necessary to say. That's obvious. That's not what I came here to talk about. That's a clear, obvious thing that when we say the head of Hashem, or we say the arm of Hashem, obviously the Hashem does not have a head, he doesn't have an arm, he doesn't have like these things. How are you doing? Are we good? Weiter, yeah. let's go. Now, ah, however, in addition to what we just discussed, we have to explain a different hafshata, right? Now, this hafshata we're going to be discussing for the next, uh, until Perak Yud. Okay, so we're going to be discussing for the next eight chapters, this, this, this concept. And we're going to have to go back and forth to try to figure out exactly how it applies to us and how it applies in our davening and how it applies across the board. Okay, so it's not such a simple thing. So he says like this, and this is what the Kabbalists have connected. Shemos Elokim Lemidos Pratim. Godly names to specific Midos. Kamo, for example, Shem Kel Bechesed. Like the Shem Kel in Chesed. Elokim Begvura. Elokim Begvura. Now, everyone's with me? Ein ha-kavana al mamish. Don't make the mistake to think that when we say the shame kale is chesed or the shame elokim is gvura, that we are referring to the actual sphera itself. That's the hafshata, the second hafshata that we're going to be dealing with for the next eight chapters. To undress, to undress. So like, don't, don't let your mind go there, basically, he's saying. Don't connect the two. Kamosha Dimo like the some of the later day Kabbalists have made this sort of speak this image. So he says this is a very physical thing. This is the physicality that he's referring to. The first physicality that Hashem doesn't have a head or arms, that's obvious. That's a, we don't need to anyone that's like he didn't, he's saying he was sort of saying that in passing. That's obvious. Here we're saying something much more confusing. We're saying that when you say the shame kale, it doesn't mean chesed of Atsilus. It doesn't mean the sphere of chesed. The shame gvura does not mean, excuse me, the shame elokim does not mean the sphere of gvura. Sharia sphere himida achad pratius. Why not? Because when you talk about a sphere, you're talking about a very specific, measured thing. It's a godly power, 
a godly tool, let's use the word tool for Kayach here, because it fits in beautifully, that was emanated from him, i.e. in the world of Atzilus. When you say Chesed of Atzilus, it is godliness. But it's a measured godliness that was emanated from Hashem himself. Like the tool of chesed or the tool of gvura. But you can't say about it that that is God. Here he's quoting from what we say every Friday in Pasach Eliyahu. That over there we say that he is not, cannot be counted as one of the midos at all. He cannot be measured in that manner. As it is explained, it is hated very well. means in lots of places. It's Aramaic. Duchte is a place, tuva is a lot. That how even chachma, which is the beginning of Atzilus, they have no connection to, it's like so far removed from Hashem Himself. Which is so far elevated from the actual thing of Chachma. So even Chachma, which is the first sphere in the world of Atzilus, which is Kayachma, right? The Indian of Ayin, the Indian of Bittel. You cannot say about Chachma that that is God. Right, this is from Shari Yichur Vemuna. So therefore, when we're looking at these names of Elohim, of Kale, of things like this, you cannot say that they are the Sphira itself. Because we know that a Pasuk, when it says the word Kale, or when it says the name Elohim, it means God. And the Pasuk itself cannot go away from the simple meaning of what the Pasuk is meaning. And when we read from the Torah, one of these names that are known, that He, God, is called by them, it is referring to God Himself. Okay? I don't know. We have to see. We have to see how we can figure this out. Right? We're going to stop here for today, but coming attractions. What we have to figure out then is if you're referring to God by this name, why do we need so many names? First of all. What? Why does he mention in the first place? Why does he mention what? Right. Well, we have to understand. That's exactly right. We have to see. Clearly, there's something to it. In other words, we can't just throw the whole thing out and say, look, the whole thing is, is, is ridiculous. Kale has nothing to do with Chasid and Elohim has nothing to do with Gevura. Obviously, they're not coming out of nowhere. Right? So we have to figure out what he's saying to the extreme is that they're not the Sphira. That I get. Their mom is talking about God. On the other hand, we have to say that there is some sort of something there. Because otherwise, number one, why do we have so many different names? 
Number two, clearly in, in the books of Kabbalah, it does talk about that there is some sort of connection of Kale is Chesed and Elohim is Gvura. So what the, what the Rebbe is going to be discussing here, and we're going to move with this throughout the next eight chapters, is obviously this also affects how we daven and what, and what our thoughts are in our davening, etc., etc. But we have to get it right that we're not making big mistakes with this whole problem. Yes? When is it says, clear? When he says, Achronim, yeah. Who is he speaking about? The the the, the, the that are living in the last uh, you know so he lived in the eighteen hundreds right the early eighteen hundreds the late seventeen hundreds so this is this is what we're referring to this is, this is the time all right mitzvah please go please do chazara now.